Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 137 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, second technician, Father Forrester, and joining me in the orange sidewinder for this episode are Head of Station Entertainment, Mr. Christopher Jarvis. Good evening. We have the Chief Archivist here at Lave Station, Mr. Colin Ford. Good evening. And our Chief Bar Steward, Mr. Grant Psycho Cow Wilcott. Hello! Ho, 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 ho. Can I stop it with the jingle bells now? Why is your wrist hurting? It is. Definitely. I was going to say, don't don't do that one on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Time and place. That bracelet's really loud. It is, isn't it? Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> folks, this is uh, going to be our sort of our Christmas episode. Not that we've got anything particularly festive planned for it, apart from the fact it is the closest one to Christmas. And we are all ridiculously excited about the uh, the incoming presents that we're hoping to get. Not that we're all capitalists here, but uh, obviously the arrival <laughs> of Father Christmas, St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, uh, is one time that everybody gets very excited. And we in the Orange Sidewinder are absolutely no different uh, let's start we play, off by we play a game which is essentially all about getting rich or dying exactly. trying. I don't think we can suddenly claim we're all, you know, socialists or whatever. No, absolutely not. But uh, where is the Father Christmas in game? That's what I want to know. He's flying Where's the ship he? on the Twitch feed at the current minute. If you check out the <laughs> twitch.tv forward slash live radio, you'll see him. I awesome. I can see the new avatars. How have you managed to get the new avatars to show up on the Twitch stream? What? What? Do we, what, uh, what? No, that's, oh, that's Santa. That's, that's Santa. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a very clever piece of kit. What's that then? <laughs> it uh, is a little program called Face Rig, which is uh, face recognition. It does head tracking. It does lip tracking, eye tracking, and various different things to try and make it look like you're in sync. And tonight, I am, I am Santa Claus. I am, I am, <laughs> and all that. <clears throat> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Okay, well, let's uh, quickly whip round the crew and find out what everybody has been up to for the last week, either in game or out of game, or both. Starting with the. Uh, let's start with you, our boss, Stuart. Mr. Wolfcott, what have you been up to, sir? Hey, oh, crikey. Um, trying to get my passenger to their destination way out near the Heart Nebula, and it ended up being this nebula viewpoint on a planet's surface, which did involve trying to land my beluga on what seemed to be quite a slightly heavier planet than I would like to attempt to, given the current state of my hold. And um, but it was beautiful. I mean, it's just stunning to see it. Uh, I know that some commanders have put up the pictures in the sky of the multiple systems that are so close together they almost create a, a sort of white line. Uh, and I was right out at the point where they break up and you begin to see them for all the different systems they are. It was um, a beautiful bit of space. It's the first time I'm, I'm keen to get back. Unfortunately, to drop this whinging. Pain in the arse in the back, off, and then jump into my explorer and get back out there and go to the Heart and Soul Nebula because they look stunning. Um, so I'll go and have a look at them properly with a bit of time. And uh, yeah, passengers are just too much pressure. And uh, other than that, we finished <laughs> the bedroom. We're now just working on the 
uh, what is going to be the sort of working room where the piano is going to be for Caleb and his music and the art room is going to be there as well so that Susie can work in that in her office and uh, yeah, just get that all sorted out and Susie's now, we just packaged away the hospital bed uh, for the first time. Oh wow. God knows how long, so it's all, it's it's hard going but it's, you know, we're making the progress. Oh, mate, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that that hospital bed's going. So is the new bed up and running, is it? It is indeed, yes. It is indeed, yes. Uh, I can see people are complaining about the frames per second on the stream, but that's kind of normal. Let me just see if I can do something about it. It's probably not, because the Elite is just a, a network hog at the moment. Okay, whilst you sort that out, um, Colin, what have you been up to, sir? Well, um... <clears throat> I have released the final installment of my latest Oculus Thrift mm -hmm. series on Top Shift, mm -hmm. uh, to which I have had success in having a fully working VR solution for under 60 quid. Wow, okay. Just give us a quick rundown for that. Well, it involves using um, ED Tracker uh, to manage your head movements. It involves using Trinus um, to uh, basically stream the footage into your headset. And after a lot of painful toing and froing, I finally managed to come across a, a way to set it up properly and was absolutely blown away because this VR solution that I came up with um, is better than the DK2 and it's pretty, it's, it, it's close to uh, a proper Oculus Rift and Vive now, I think. Wow, cool. What sort of frame rates are you getting inside the headset? I'm getting um, between 40 and 50 frames a second. Cool. Um, I mean, admittedly, it's using the top-of-the-line Android phone and uh, USB 3 um, tethering. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it's... So, you know, you're talking a £600 phone. <laughs> 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 but then again, I'm not just using the phone for just that. Absolutely not. Which phone is it? Uh, Nexus 6. Okay, cool. Right. Hmm, interesting. Have, so, you, yeah. have, you, have you fixed the aspect ratio problems? Yeah, the aspect ratios were fixed by changing the resolution on the side-by-side -side windows. Um, basically, okay. you put it into um, a proper letterbox format, and um, the the windows seem to align themselves properly, which is... Okay. Yeah, it, it's really weird because um, it looks weird uh, on the playback on the, on the YouTube video. It does look out of proportion, but once you actually put the headset on, and this is one of the problems, is because I can't describe what it works. I can't show people how I see it because it's the headset mm -hmm. that does um, a lot of the correction. And uh, but yeah, I've now got a, a collection of three virtual reality headsets now. <laughs> so I meant to ask you this before, because obviously with the Oculus and the DK, you know. Uh, and the HTC, you can turn all the way around and you can see the back uh, of the ship behind the seats. Does mm -hmm. that work with your setup or is it literally just stuck to you know what you can normally see with the head tracker in-game? Um, at the moment, it's it's basically what you can see with the head tracker, right. which in my case is you set the head tracker to one-to-one um, -one relation in, instead of one-to-six. Yeah. And you are basically looking around at the back of the ship. Okay, but, but you don't have the trick that you can do in the other two, where you can get up and kind of walk around. Got yeah. So you can still see all the um, all the graphics and stuff for the stuff that's actually behind the seat. Yes, yes, you can. Oh, that's pretty cool. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, that... 
Um, apart from that, well, at the moment, um, I'm God's truth. I'm going to be grinding for this blasted clipper forever. I think, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still only about forty percent through night. I've still got the whole of Lord to do, and everybody's saying, "Oh God, wait till you get to the Lord grind. That makes that makes it an absolute pain." And I'm just there going, "Why am I doing this? Yeah, why are you doing this?" I don't know. It's one of these goals that I've set myself. I've got to have the clipper. I've got to have the clipper. I'm going to end up being dangerous before I end up being the clipper. And what sort of missions do you have to take? What sort of missions are they throwing at you? Um, well, mostly I'm taking massacre missions, contact missions, pirate lord missions. Um, they are the ones that um, will give you the most uh, oh, most progress. I don't mission stack. That's the one thing I don't do. Everybody else says, oh, you're going to have to give up mission stack. Uh, but I've, I'm, I don't know. It feels a bit like an exploit to me. But then again, at the moment, I'm beginning to run out of patience. I just might. <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, we're wildly off topic straight away with uh, with this. But how do people feel about uh, mission stacking? Because I'll hold up my hands. I'll say that you know, certainly when it came to smuggling, it was a, a very easy way of earning quite a lot of money quite quickly to stack the missions by jumping from you know one instance to another. So. Um, yeah, I can see how it's not really in the keeping of the game, but I have to say, I don't see it as being that hard, really. <laughs> well, technically, it's against the spirit of the game, but, you know, it's... Uh, there, are, there are times when you just lose patience with the grind and you want it to go a bit faster. Okay, so, I mean, is there a fundamental issue then with the pacing of the game? Well, actually, it's funny you should mention that because um, the one of the things that they're looking at is um, pulling back uh, from, from this stacking issue with um, some of the missions in the, in the present beta because they've noticed that our, um, one of the uh, Obsidian Ant touched on this uh, uh, a couple of videos ago that um, Dr. Kai, I think it was, managed to say he got a billion credits in a week right. by doing massacre missions and uh, stacking them. Um, now, it wasn't easy for him, apparently, but he still did manage to get a billion credits in 24 hours of game time. Well, then you said a billion, a billion credits in a week. and Is it a billion credits in a week or in a day? Well, no, 24 hours of playtime. It, oh, it took okay, him a fine. week to play 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in that 24 hours, he managed to get a, what, a billion credits. And I think that, I think that gives you too much too much credits too quickly okay no i'll take that on board um just for those people that haven't really got uh, delved into the missions too much what exactly does the massacre mission entail uh normally it involves um going to a um a planetary base and wiping out all the skimmers that are there so that, but the, what happened that's what? not it that's just the <laughs> okay. exploited version of it well that's not what you're meant <laughs> oh, to go do on, then. You're meant to go and hunt down the enemy ships and blow them up in the combat zones and then go back and cash in your massacre as a successful effort for the war. Not go and pick on the easiest five-year-old children playing in the playground that just happen to have a badge on the right badge. That You're despicable, Colin. This is this is Christmas time. I'm not, I'm not the one. Hang on, hang on. I'm not the one doing it. <laughs> I'm explaining how they did it. Yes, I'm that's sorry, that's... I mean... <laughs> You know, but go on, Grant, lay into a bit more. <laughs> that, that is how they're doing it. And that, <laughs> that is how it's done oh, wrong. I'm about to explode. 
It's a horrible <laughs> By Colin, you shouldn't mess. be doing it like Coming that. Over you, the shouldn't, microphone. you shouldn't do that. I'm not. What, what happened to I am reporting. I don't know. <laughs> ah, right. <clears throat> yes, what happened so to Santa, people... Grant? I can't help feeling that Donald Trump is somehow less seasonal than, than, than Santa. Even, well, if, just... even if he is going to force everyone at gunpoint to say Merry Christmas. He's just going to make, you know, Lave Radio great again. Look, <laughs> just because we've got an orange sidewinder, we don't need an orange hairpiece as well. <laughs> I just saw him in the list and thought, actually, that came a bit of fun. Sorry, Colin. Uh, <clears throat> I'll let you get back to your, your, your reporting on people that do it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the exploit anyway. They're, they're hitting skimmers instead of actually hitting ships. Right, and, okay. uh, and that works. And, and basically, the, it works. And the problem is, is that because um, they can stack these missions, Frontier have, have noticed this, and they're looking to reduce the amount of. I think the present thinking is that they're going to reduce the amount of mission massacre missions you can do. That is an evil, evil-looking reindeer. It is a scary reindeer on the Twitch feed. It is, and yet quite sultry at the same time. Yeah. It's a bit of the real Rudolph the Red Dirt Anyway, people well, that have actually listened to this as an audio you. podcast can't see any of the stream, so let's not focus on the stream. Let's continue on what Colin was saying. Well, Rudolph the Red Dirt really got killed, apparently. Yeah, he, he got um, basically, there's a mid-air collision uh, above Madrid uh, involving uh, a flock of seagulls and uh, a 747. Turns out that the reindeer in Spain was hit mainly by the plane. Oh, do you know, I, I was just I was sitting there just thinking this is going to turn into a dad joke. I feel like dad joke <laughs> a forum dad joke. Oh, yeah. my word. Okay, fine. Colin, I'm now officially cutting you off. I'm taking you out of this, and uh, we're going to move over to Jarvis. Jarvis, rescue the podcast from that, mate, and tell us what you've been up to for the last week or so. I've been hanging out with you. No, uh, well, yeah. we had a we had a boy date. We had a boy date today. And we went to uh, we both blew off work for a bit and went to see Rogue One, which was awesome. I mean, not going to spoil it. Yeah, no it spoilers. Awesome. But uh, where's it ranking your uh, your your top Star Wars films? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I have a top Star Wars films. I think they're. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think it's difficult because I, I like my, my expectations for episode seven were really low and I really enjoyed episode seven. Yeah. And then everyone's been going on online about how great Rogue One is. And I was starting to get a bit worried. I was like, oh, I don't really want to go into it expecting it to be really good. But despite myself, I went into Rogue One expecting it to be really good. <laughs> and I, I was still blown away. I mean, it is just one of the best sci-fi movies I've seen in a long time. Not that it's particularly, I mean, you know, it's not, um, it's not particularly groundbreaking in terms of science fiction. You know, it doesn't, you know, there's no, there's no new concept in there. It's still very much a star Wars movie, mm -hmm. but it was just so well written and so well performed and so well made. I just, I, I actually risked wetting myself because I did need to go to the loo about <laughs> half an hour before the end. And I thought, you know what? I don't want, I do not want to miss a single minute of this film. I will soil myself rather than, rather than go out to the, uh, go out to the So it was, you know, it was that good. It was just, it was just really good. Um, yeah. And speaking, 
yeah, and speaking of really great sci-fi, I've also been wrapping up Escape Velocity this week. Nice segue. Um, nice segue. I know. I know, right? <laughs> Obviously, the series finished a couple of weeks ago, so if you haven't caught up with Escape Velocity Series 3, it is all available on the website, uh, escapevelocity.laveradio.com. You can hear the whole series. I got a really great review for Escape Velocity today, which is, which is one that I think elite players will really appreciate. Someone described Season 3 as being like a five-light-year passenger mission that suddenly decides they want to go to Sag A partway through. <laughs> I, I, I presume they were talking about the way that the situation kind of escalates and just goes crazy rather than like becomes a massive pain in the ass. I'm hoping it wasn't. I'm hoping it wasn't a reference to it becoming a massive pain in the ass. Um, but yeah, so I've been uh, packaging up the USB rewards for the Patreon uh, backers because obviously it's last UK posting uh, tomorrow. Uh, I got. I'm really annoyed. I got massively let down by my USB card providers, who I'm feeling like I want to throw under the bus because they told me I would have them by the 14th and they were delivered yesterday. But there's a part of me still doesn't quite want to burn my bridges. But I'm I'm just really annoyed because I really wanted to get them to everybody by Christmas, and unfortunately they've only delivered them to me in time for the UK delivery, which is just oh I'm fuming. But anyway. Um, so I've been packaging those up. I do have a few spares. So if anyone is watching um, and isn't already a supporter of the series and would like a Escape Velocity 8 gig USB card that features original artwork front and back and contains the stuff that some of the patrons got throughout the series, you can go to... Uh, oh, it's a really complicated URL, isn't it? If you go to uh, radiotheatreworkshop.com, there's a... the the text that's currently on that page describes how you go and make a donation and you can still get a usb card um by by donating effectively at this point donating to series four which is going to be going into kind of writing as soon as i finish this job um so yeah so i've mostly been um i've mostly been packaging up escape velocity onto usb cards and they do look really nice you know this is the this is the other thing i am really pleased with the actual quality of the usb cards um, it's just getting them on time that yeah. seems to be an issue with this particular provider because actually they're the same people I used for Chaos Reborn and those were late as well. Again though, they were <laughs> awesome but I have to say, having uh, having gone on our bro date with you today, you did manage to uh, give me mine uh, slightly earlier and I have to say for those people that are <laughs> waiting for them, they are absolutely awesome. The artwork on them are awesome and the quality of it is absolutely fantastic so uh, I've been sort of saving myself I haven't been listening to any of the series because I basically wanted to... What? I wanted to binge listen to all of it whilst I drove up to Scotland over Christmas. So I've had no spoilers apart from the one that Jarvis said there about his review. Um, and yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be great to uh, great to listen to it. Although I will just say one of our uh, Twitch uh, watchers says <laughs> it won't be Christmas without Escape Velocity on USB. So already oh, no, you're in danger of ruining someone's Christmas. I know. It's so frustrating. I mean, because the thing is, I didn't think I was going to be able to do it in time for Christmas anyway. And then there was like, I was thinking, actually, I probably can do it because I knew that because originally I wasn't going to do the USB order until after episode six, because then I thought, well, I'll know how many patrons I've got. But actually, then I looked at the number of patrons I had and realized that an order of like 100 USB cards, you know, because there's like you, you have to order them in multiples of 50 anyway. So I just ordered 100. Yeah. And so I've ended up with like a few spares 
Um, so, but it just means it's just frustrating because I was, so, you know, so close to being able to meet the international shipping deadlines, and then they just didn't deliver them on time. So, um, yeah, there you go. Another question from the Twitch, which you may or may not be able to answer, and that is, uh, with Escape Velocity being tied up, are there any plans for the Lave Revolution audio adaptation? Uh, that's not what he's asking. He's asking if there's any news on the Lave Revolution audio adaptation. <laughs> um, and the answer is no, I'm sorry, there isn't any news. Um, I, I can't really... <laughs> that's all I can say, really. There isn't any news on it. Um, yeah. Okay, and the other thing that uh, we keep on being asked about at the moment, which we might as well throw in here as well, because it's the same answer, there isn't any news at the moment. Uh, Lave con tickets for 2017. Lots of people are panicking because they think they might have missed the opportunity to buy tickets or they want to know whether they're going on sale. Uh, Alan and the team are currently just sort of working through all the logistics of that. So at the moment, they're not on sale. They will be going on sale at some point in the new year. Uh, but at the moment they are on sale, obviously, we'll let you know on Facebook, on Twitch, on um, on this show, as soon as they become available for you to buy. So for those people that uh, are anxious to get their tickets in, then just, you know, just hang fire with us for a little bit longer, just have a little bit more patience and as soon as there is news, we will tell you. But at the moment, we're not selling them, so you haven't missed out on any opportunity to join us for LaveCon 2017. Um, okay. At, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as what I've been up to, uh, I, as Jarvis said, we went to see Rogue One. And I would say after after um, Empire, I would say it's probably my favourite Star Wars film. Um, it, was, it was superb. It was absolutely superb. It was um, everything... If there was one criticism that you could level at uh, episode seven, which was it was great. It was great seeing all the, the new sort of Star Wars stuff. But the story was exactly the same story rehashed just to sort of act as a kind of a refresher for people who hadn't seen the original trilogy in some time. Uh, this was the same universe, but a much fresher, newer story. Uh, and they'd done some things, added new ships, added new characters. Uh, and all of that just sort of, I don't know, just brought the Star Wars universe to life a bit more. Um, and it was great, uh, though. Is it spoiler to talk about some of the characters? What we were talking about in terms of the Uncanny Valley. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't spoil anything about okay, it because yeah. I think we'll wait. We'll wait for a couple of. Uh, we'll wait until the new year when everybody should have had a chance to uh, to um, to watch Rogue One, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about exactly what we thought about the film. So, okay, let's crack on right. with the actual show itself. Oh, oh, oh no, no! I just wanted to ask one thing about Rogue One. Do it. Yeah. Um, now it's it's not spoilerific or anything like that, mm. but um, I have been told um, I have a very excited nine-year-old who'd like to go and see it. Now, but I've been told it's towards the upper end of the twelve rating. Uh, yeah. Do you think no, it's at the upper end of the no, twelve rating? I mean, it is a more adult-themed Star Wars film. But I don't think I don't think it's unsuitable for kids. I just I think don't. they won't necessarily get all the nuances of the, the story you know, what the story's about. Yeah. But I mm. think it's. I don't think it's especially unsuitable. Yeah, it goes well, a little bit heavy on the sort of morality side of it, which you know previous Star Wars films haven't, uh, which was great for you know for sort of the the adults and stuff. It would probably <laughs> go over the kids' heads, but in terms of sort of blood, guts, and gore and swearing, I think it'd be fine. Right. I think okay. it, I think arguably I think arguably it's tamer than the original Star Wars film. Yeah, I mean, um, no one no one loses an arm, and no one's <laughs> no one's no one's burning bodies are shown in close up. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Which obviously you get in the original trilogy. So um, I think, yeah. I mean, and the, the the only thing I'd say about it that I, was, that I was really impressed by, and this isn't a spoiler because this is what the 
this is what the producers of the movie said they wanted to do with the film and i think they achieved it spectacularly is they said they wanted the end of the film to feel like a new hope begins like five minutes later mm. and they did that absolutely right true i mean i actually i didn't have time today but the thing i really wanted to do with rogue one was come home and put the, the original star wars on straight away because i just felt like the continuity between the two was so good yeah um, yeah imagine having to wait to 1977 to watch the sequel <laughs> <laughs> Um, cool. All right, folks. Anything else, or should we crack on with the uh, the latest news and uh, and changes in the, the game? Okay, so let's crack on with the development news then. So, uh, a couple of things. First of all, the uh, the combat changes that have gone in with the uh, the beta. I'm going to throw this one straight over to you, Colin, to let us know what you think about it all. How's it all been going? Uh, well, the beta seems to be going okay. Um, uh, I've been testing mostly the gimbaled weapons. Uh, and uh, the burst lasers and and things like that in combat, um, mostly against um, other players. And I must admit, it is absolutely mental because you've you've got no you've got no uh, worries about your your credit balance or anything like that. Your ships, everything is absolutely disposable. Um, it does seem that uh, the old trick of using gimbaled lasers uh, to or gimbaled weapons to target sub targets. Um, though that's gone out the window, uh, which I, I really like because it, it means that uh, effectively PvP is no longer a case of uh, knock down someone's shields and then target their cockpit. Yeah. Or the power plant. So how um, have they got around that? Have they just literally said that you can no longer select subsystems or is it just no, no. that the gimbals won't lock onto them quite as tight? Uh, the gimbals don't lock on as, as quite as tight. If you've got an E-rated sensor then you can see the gimbal wobble all over the place. And even mm-hmm. if you've got A-rated se- uh, sensors, the wobble is still quite pronounced. Uh, and also on top of that, the um, the range of play that you've got with the gimbaled weapons gone down from 35 degrees to 20, or 20, I think 21 or 22. Um, Chaos Wolf did a fantastic video where he, he scientifically went through and and measured exactly how much uh, play you've got with the with the new gimbals and the sensors and it seems it doesn't matter what sensor array you've bought um you are still re- restricted to 20 degree uh, 20 degrees right so, so in terms of it's 20 degrees that you have to keep the ship in um mm-hmm. okay in the in that window yes as opposed to 35 and that <laughs> does actually make quite a difference I was going to say, I'm trying to now. Now, not only am I just worried about my combating skills, and now I'm starting to worry about my piloting skills as well. Oh, well, dear. you're not going to try and hit something within 20 degrees, are you? Um, just trying to make it into that 20 degrees, I think, would be a big enough struggle for me. Um, but okay, so on the whole, how's it been going down? Have people been receiving it well, or has there been <laughs> mass panic? I, 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 well, there hasn't been mass panic. Hasn't been. Uh, I think. This has actually been quite um, a useful exercise because I think people have approached this in a rather more mature fashion than they have in the past. I mean, admittedly, I don't think there's been anybody throwing their their toys out the pram like there normally does. Um, I think it's it's good to see that the balance with the fixed weapons has come into play as well because um, <laughs> those fixed uh, fixed beam lasers do a lot more damage than the than they used to, which is what I've always liked. Or wanted, rather. Yeah. 
So what would you say from the the stuff that you've been playing, what is the weapon of choice with the current balancing? Well, uh, this is actually <coughs> quite interesting because I don't have one anymore. Right. Each, the pulse, the beam, and the uh, the burst all now have their own advantages and weaknesses. For instance, um, the burst laser doesn't drain your capacitor as quickly as it does, and it does more damage, but you only get a, f- a few shots, while the, the pulse laser just blats away as usual, um, but doesn't knock down as fast, and the beam laser overheats like crazy as usual. But um, the, it, I think that they've got it right where not one set outweighs the other, if you see what I mean. Yeah. You'll have an advantage with the beam lasers, because, well, they are supposed to be the most powerful beam weapons in the game. But um, the burst lasers are the most efficient. Um, and, of course, the pulse lasers are the cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's not to shrug them off, because you can still do a lot of damage with those pulse lasers. Okay, and so is that the, the combat beta closed now, or is it still going on? No, still going on. In fact, today they just released beta 4. So we're now on 2.203 brackets beta 4. Um, it's, a, it's literally come out within the last um, hour or so. So um, the, we'll, we'll have to get the, uh, the latest patch notes into the, into the show notes. Cool. Okay. And talking about other changes through the, uh, the beta and some of the changes that they've just dropped in, uh, network changes. Uh, and this is in version 2.2.03, so that might be outdated as well now. But uh, I know from watching the, uh, the live stream uh, that uh, Frontier have been doing, they've uh, recently added these network changes in. Uh, Grant, have you seen uh, any indication that these have improved gameplay or are you still seeing that uh, you know, you're having issues with large instances? Oh my gosh, it is still as problematic as ever. Um, obviously, during the 24-hour stream with Ed, the Hutton Truckers did a base assault, and that involved us all winging up to make sure we got onto the right in- instance, and then landing on a planet, uh, a pre-designated space. We all sort of started there. I, I got there, dropped into uh, orbital cruise, then you get to the point where you drop out and go, you're meant to go into glide, and sat there in that transitional animation for about 15 minutes before finally breaking free, and there's all the other players in front of me. And the people behind me were waiting as long as 20 minutes, and then just not getting in. Now, um, when I landed, so after all that effort of landing, I get down there, and we're all going in SRVs, so I jump into my SRV. At that point, I realise my SRV has 20% hull, and a half a fuel tank, which for a base assault's not the best of starts. Um, and by the time I've driven out to where our starting point is, I'm down to 2% hull. Uh, so as we kicked it off, I uh, blew up very quickly. And then because I couldn't get back into that instance, I couldn't get back into the game. It was just essentially a 20 minute wait to get back in. So for all the work they're doing, we're still hitting the same problems when you're trying to do something as a collective, when you're trying to do something fun as an event. Uh, people who are joining you and are part of it 
just can't be there. And sadly, um, it's led to a pretty severe rage quit for one of our members who just can't take it anymore. Being stuck on the sidelines, can't do it. Even poor old Commander Flossie couldn't get into the instance, so she ended up attacking the base in her own instance on her own and obviously losing miserably. But you've got to admire the fact that she thought, gung-ho, just go for it. Uh, <laughs> she is amazing. But it does it does make the fun factor a frustrating factor, and that's not good. So I think, judging by a conversation I think we had with the developers during the 24-hour stream, I think the net code and that networking aspect is under constant review, and they are... Yeah desperately trying to crack a way of making it more intuitive and making it work better so that these kind of issues are a thing of the past. Because, you know, who's going to try and wait? I mean, that was the thing. Even Ed couldn't get in to our instance to join us. So we just went ahead and and attacked the base without him. (laughs) And I tell you what, though, it's spectacular to do a plus-plus-plus base security um, the anti-aircraft guns go off, so we had our first thing was our ships flew in, and these aircraft guns go off, and you got these explosions in the sky, and then we had our bombers come in, and then we all went, you know, gung ho in our SRVs. It was some scene, and it's not fair. It's just not fair that people can't get in to join those and make them as epic as they can be. Um, limitations or not it's a, it's a big sticking point and i think when you're trying to do your own you know blaze your own trail as long as your trail doesn't involve more than say five or ten people and you're not trying to do something in busy space or trying to maybe have your own war as long as that's not part of your trail so <laughs> blaze your own trail on your own completely and never meet up with other commanders game's perfect Okay, fine. So tongue in cheek, but I mean, what is the current? Uh, I mean, what are they stating that is the uh, the limits of the instances? Is it still supposed to be thirty two, or have we gone up since then? It's on never, paper. What should it be? It's never gone up, uh, and it comes down to the number of assets in a particular instance. So you know, other ships and NPCs all count as assets. So I know the most impressive instance I have seen, and that was still when they were reporting thirty two was the Great Expedition. And yeah, they, Manel, Miles, uh, yeah, Yeah, they, so there was no other assets, and they managed to get, I think, what, 70-odd commanders for the most spectacular hyperspace jump video you have ever seen. <laughs> um, but it's just sad, sadly lacking. I mean, we, we didn't have 32 commanders. I think we were lucky if we had 10 uh, to 15 in that instance, and, you know, that's that's way off the mark where it needs to be. Yeah, I have to say, I was watching that uh, that live stream uh, as you guys were doing it, um, and even with that reduced number of commanders, the you know, the footage that you were getting, you know, there was a couple of guys. I think you were one of them, sort of hanging off and just watching the action from uh, from high orbit. And the footage that was being created just from those ten commanders attacking the base was absolutely amazing. It was it was literally epic. Uh, watching this all unfold and all the laser fire going, it did look like something from Star Wars, you know, with the the aerial attack coming in and wiping out the cannons, and you know, seeing some of the uh, the guys in the air get blown up, and then you can just see on the in the distance, you can see all the SRVs trundling in over the horizon with their lights up, trundling towards the base. It it really looked quite spectacular, and as you say, that's just with 
you know, 10 to 15 commanders playing, if you had the full 32 versus the computer, uh, I mean, those sort of those sort of things are just going to be absolutely amazing to take part in. I think, you know, where it really, really hurts is when you look at the older um, Hammers of Slough events when they used to have the Sidewinder uh, demolition derbies and things. Yeah. And they would, you know, easily have 20 to 25 commanders in there uh, in the past. And actually now that's not, you know, they're struggling to, to get that kind of ability to turn out. So you've got multiple instances. Now, it makes running an event just, you know, a waste of time. And what Frontier said, just in the past, Frontier said if you had a big event, they'd let them know and they would see if there's anything they could do server-side to help you out. But I take it that's not even possible anymore. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not aware of them ever seeing that either. Um, I definitely don't think, well, maybe they can, that'd be a, an interesting thing. But the Hunter games as well, uh, I know when we were down at Fantasticon trying to run the Hunter games, their instancing ended it. It just you know the the so that was ten and ten commanders and we just could not get them into the same instance so it made it just undoable so it's I think it's one of the biggest weaknesses in the game that if they can crack uh, I mean there's you know we want to see we don't want to see the the likes the likes of the you know multiple thousands of commanders that's that's not really where it works. But we'd like to see, you know, 40 to 50 commanders would be more than enough in an instance to make it feel absolutely chaotic and yeah. uh, and awesome. Uh, but if they could get more, it'd be fantastic. But I think at the moment, with the changes in horizons, it definitely seems to be causing less instance um, stability. It's It seems to be even harder than ever to, to battle it. However, on the positive flip side... CQC seems to work a bit better. Because <laughs> there's so many of us playing CQC. Oh, I must admit, I do enjoy a good blast every now and again, though. And we you should have to just, time it right. Yeah, I was going to say, we should just mention, I think one of our one of our plans for this evening, there isn't a lot of development news, uh, so this is probably going to be quite a curtailed episode of uh, Lave Radio. So for those people that are actually watching live or on the stream, then I think our plan for this evening is uh, as soon as the main show is finished, we will stay on Twitch and we will probably have a few uh, a few attempts at CQC and maybe try and have Lay Radio versus the world if you guys want to take us on. And then after that, we're actually going to stream out a new horror game. Uh, Friday the 13th has just been uh, unembargoed for beta, so we'll be actually putting some Friday the 13th on the, the Twitch stream. So you'll get to hear all of us, but probably mainly me, uh, screaming like a little girl. Um, as uh, Grant does horrible things and kills us and maims us in that game. So if you're around after the uh, the show ends, then hang around on the Twitch feed and uh, and watch us do that. Have you seen my current CQC rating? <laughs> Can't be any worse than mine. No, it really can. I get comments on it when I stream because whenever I look at my screen, I am on zero percent CQC. <laughs> oh, it's worse have, than mine. I, I have never played a game of CQC since it went. I played it. I played it in beta. I've never played it in live. Oh. In which case, we get your 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 views. We can have a first play. <laughs> <laughs> um, but certainly, that's the uh, that's the plan. Um, so, so this Mr. Jarvis is going to be commander back uh, Barn Door for this next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> next yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I should just mention uh, when I was talking about the the devs saying that they would help you out with the um, the servers. That was the wrong game completely. That was uh, a throwback to Eve Online, uh, <laughs> where you would mention it to the yeah. devs and they'd help you out. Uh, so yeah, obviously nothing like that available currently in Elite Dangerous, unfortunately. Cool. Okay. Well, we touched a little bit on the uh, the live stream uh, as we were talking there. Let's let's focus in on it because uh, it was an absolutely spectacular event. Last year was an amazing event, and this year they have literally they smashed it out of the park. So uh, last year they did a live stream for special effects, and I'm sure everybody that listens to the podcast is aware of the fantastic work that special effects does. Uh, basically, it enables people to use technology, people that are um, disabled or handicapped, um, to allow them to use technology um, to play games, but not only just to play games, but also to, to do other things, to use computers, uh, to interact with the world around them, get back on the internet, and you know, being handicapped or being disabled, there are you know situations where it can be really, really isolating. And by donating to special effects, it gives them more money to basically try and get these people whichever uh, solution they need for their particular um, disability to allow them to actually play games or get back online. And I think it's just a fun, fantastic charity, and it's something that we've supported. Uh, with LaveCon as well uh, for a number. They did this 24-hour live stream <laughs> and they raised uh, £23,000. This year, before they even started the live stream, they'd managed to bring in over £20,000 and that was with uh, uh, pre-donation raffles and getting yourself into a queue to try and win some raffle prizes. Um, but at the end of the 24 hours, they did complete it and they raised a staggering £46,450, which I think deserves a round of applause from everybody on the podcast. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, and it was good. I must admit, I dipped in and out of it for uh, for the duration of the 24 hours. I left them to it from the hours of around about 1 o'clock through to 6 o'clock, but I did join in again uh, when I got up this morning. And uh, it was. It was really good. The, the, the spirit and the... <laughs> the atmosphere great on the stream was fantastic and I should also mention that it wasn't just uh, Elite Dangerous this year uh, that was live streaming for 24 hours it was also their other game Planet Coaster was also live streaming for 24 hours um, Jarvis did you manage to catch any of that? I, you know I didn't it's been a real shame for me because as soon as I saw the day they were going to be doing the 24 hour stream I knew I wouldn't be able to catch any of it um because i you know i as people know i I'm, you know a part-time stay-at-home dad so i was looking after my daughter all of yesterday and stuff like that so i didn't get, get to catch any of it and i would have been really torn as well because i am also you know i don't want to cause any saltiness among our lay radio listeners um but i am absolutely loving planet coaster mm-hmm. i have been playing a bit of it since uh, escape velocity finished and i've been really enjoying it um and I, I haven't yet had a chance to play with any of the new Christmas content, which is a pity. Yeah, I was thinking when I said, have you managed to see any of it? I was actually thinking that you would probably, in your current state, be watching more Planet Coast than you are Elite Dangerous. Um, I watched their stream last week when they were announcing the new the Christmas content. But I have not yet had a chance to actually try it myself in game. It's really, it's a really nice game though. And the thing I will say, I'm oh, sorry, I want to go on about Planet Coaster for a minute now, but I've been, because <laughs> this is the way I play games. I'm not really into the kind of freeform creative mode stuff. Like when I play Minecraft, I play it in survival. So I've been really enjoying the career mode in yeah. Planet Coaster. 
Um, and I will definitely say, if you want to learn how to play Planet Coaster, do the career mode, do all of the um, the star uh, scenarios in order, because it teaches you to play it. It teaches you all the different aspects of the skills that you need in order to be able to run the park successfully. So, for instance, I've just done a level which basically teaches you how to kind of you have to really balance like ticket prices in the park to make it work and none of the previous scenarios really forced you to have to think about money all that much and again there was a previous one where to get one of to complete one of the challenges you had to create a roller coaster that had a certain amount of airtime but a maximum amount of nausea so it actually encourages you to look at the roller coasters and learn how to manage things like g-force and nausea and all those those different things so definitely do you know play that career mode because it teaches you all the skills for managing the park section by section totally worth it excellent i'll be doing just that because i bought planet coaster and i must admit i had a first go of it and i went into free mode and i got a little bit lost so you reckon that uh, going through the career is the way to go I definitely think so. It just it means you f you focus on an aspect of park management one at a time kind of thing, and it's really it's yeah it's really valuable. Cool. It's, it's, okay. It's, well, it's, it's an impressive game. I mean, I find my, my my the way that I like to play it is by leaving it alone. <laughs> if you've got the money right, you can just leave it for a couple of hours and come back and you're loaded. Oh no! I just I just mean just don't click play. Um, I think. You know, <laughs> It looks like a, a fantastic... I think the editor in it is spectacular. It is absolutely... And I used to love the Sim theme park and Sim Hospital games and, and I really kind of enjoy them. And I just haven't had the day where I could sit down and really get into it. And I know that... I can't remember who it was. Uh, Have you seen the subway that I made? So I went and he had to talk me through how to get to this <laughs> menu and um it took us an age and so at that point i'm still thinking you know what i'm not i'm not particularly keen on this and i have had it since beta and i just cannot quite work out uh what to do in it but i see people making spectacular stuff and i really can appreciate how good that editor is is amazing, and it makes me feel really great hope for when we finally get out on to um, populated planets. The Elite Dangerous, uh, you know, the Frontier have just got this down to a fine art. That's got to be one of the best editors of any game ever. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, certainly it would be one of the things that I'm... As soon as I finish work on Thursday, it's one of the things I'm planning on jumping into. Um, and getting my head really sort of around how it all works, and because I've always loved the the roller coaster tycoons and stuff like that, so this looks like it's going to be absolutely awesome. Speaking about awesome, going back to the Elite Dangerous stream, uh, David Braben's little segment that was on quite early on, uh, we've got a few things uh, dropped by the big guy himself. Um, so a couple of questions that were asked to him on the stream. So atmospheric planets and space legs. Um, basically saying yes we're going to have characters in there but it's not quite as easy to animate a character um it needs to be you know have a decent context and they want the the content to be rich so it's not going to come shortly um but there are lots of amazing things to come and he went on from there to talk a little bit about stuff with the the multi-crew so he's seen how the multi-crew has been enabled 
and it's going to be enabled in things like the small ships such as the Cobra Mark III, uh, but it's much funnier, he says, in bigger ships as they have lots and lots of guns. Uh, so he was talking about a multi-crew python that he's seen, which is impressive. Um, you guys excited about this? You excited? I know we've been playing quite a lot of Pulsar, which uh, for people that haven't seen it on Steam, Pulsar is kind of like a Star Trek Enterprise uh, kind of simulator where each person takes a job, either engineering or being the captain or being helm or weapons. Um, are you guys excited about the the idea of multi-crew multi coming to Elite Dangerous? Well, as long as they get the instancing right. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a pain if you can't instance onto the same ship. <laughs> Where's well, my helm imagine, gone? Yeah, you're flying along there, you're getting into battle, and the guy running the gun suddenly drops out of your instance. And where would he end up? In a ship with no one else in it, not even his ship. Just sitting there in the dark going, something's wrong here, guys. So it's fascinating. No, from what I remember, um, Sandra was saying that they're trying to balance it so that one ship, say, say a, a multi-crewed python um, with four people on board, that's supposed to be the equivalent of a wing of pythons, each piloted by an individual player. I can't see how they're going to balance it. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that, um, like they said, they've got a lot of guns, so it looks like, you know, gun turrets, manually firing gun turrets will be a lot more powerful than automated gun turrets or or even uh, gimbaled weapons. That's That's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, but it's still going to take quite a lot of um, flying skill on the terms of the guy who's behind the uh, the wheel. I mean, we've seen in Pulsar that if the guy in the helm does something and knocks you out of alignment, you could have most of your turrets pointing in the wrong direction of the fighter. I can see it being quite a complex thing when it comes to multi-crew. I mean, you're literally just doing the you know, the cycle <coughs> thing and waiting for the people to appear in your you know, your zone of fire or is there going to be communications between you and the, the pilot to try and keep your turrets pointing you know, in the way that the fight is going. I, I can see it being quite a tricky one to try and balance out. Yeah, actually, there, there is a precedent for this. There's a game on Steam called Wings of Icarus, which is basically a very steampunk um, galleons in the air kind of thing, where basically you've got these big ships which are held up in, in, in the air by balloons, and each player uh, is either the pilot or the gunner or the engineer. Uh, and the, they've got to work as a team in order to have their um, their galleon or the their wing of Icarus um, be successful in these massive death matches. And I've seen a couple of uh, a couple of uh, matches with that in, and it it looks absolutely phenomenal. But you've got to have a good team with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a decent team and decent communications between you all. Uh, we, we've seen that in Pulsar. Um, yeah, it, well, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting coming in. It's not too far uh, over the horizon or after the horizon or beyond the horizon um, that we're going to be seeing these things come in. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to try it out. But yeah, you're right, with the caveat that instances have got to work in order for these things to be, uh, to be enjoyable. So other things that Mr. Braben said, um, Alliance, for those people that love the Alliance, uh, Alliance might get military ranks in the future, but no promises, no guarantees. Uh, but Alliance love in general is coming, although, again, not shortly. Uh, stations, so the do, stations... Do you know what I think the Alliance should get? The Alliance should get the Merlin fighter. 
<laughs> have you seen have you seen twitter today have you seen what anthony hunt's done no he's done so he's the guy that did a whole load of fan um sort of line art blueprints for all the ships in uh elite yep. dangerous um oh, yeah. but he's also a he's an escape velocity fan um and he did he's done one for the merlin so if you go and look at let me see if i can find it grant if you're listening you might want to be able to pull it up on the stream uh, um, did Lave Radio not get tagged in it? Maybe you guys didn't. If you look at if you look at my Twitter, uh, it may or may not have gone out actually because it uses I use this weird auto scheduling thing. Anyway, I'll uh, I'll stick it in. I'll stick the link in um, the Steam. Uh, Steam. God, my brain isn't working. It's in Skype. So there you go. You can see it in there. So he's done a uh, a drawing of what the Merlin could potentially look like with a certain amount of reimagining. And he's done a really good job with it. It, it looks fantastic. Um, and I was thinking, you know, because when we interviewed David Braben back in, whenever it was, February or March time, he was talking about how he wanted the Alliance to have more kind of distinctive ships of its own. And I think the, the, Mer the Merlin would be a brilliant kind of Alliance slash independent fighter. Well, he does say that, you know, when asked the question, are there going to be any specific ships for the Alliance? He says there are plenty of independent ships created in the Alliance's shipyards, which could consider those as Alliance ships already. Yeah, but nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry, that, 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 is, that is but ugly. <laughs> what? Is this the blueprint? What, the drawing or the Merlin? The Merlin. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Oh, Anything I mean, three I, wings, I, I, I'm a sucker. For. Yeah, oh yeah, well, yeah, the good old Liberator three wings thing. I, I'm, I'm well with you there. It's just the, the, the front end just it basically looks like a doorstop. <laughs> uh, Grant's found it and put it onto the stream. Um, it's, yeah, it's like that advert where the wee kid goes, "I want to build the Sparship, but they can never get the fairy liquid bottle." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Jarvis. I'm with both Grant and Colin on this. That is fugly. That is absolutely fugly. You guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not as fugly as it was in Frontier. Uh, oh, no, I think it looked better in Frontier in all honesty. Um, okay, so new ships he did say are coming. Uh, he added that's probably the Dolphin and the Panther Clipper, maybe. Um, and stations in asteroids have been confirmed, which I think will be awesome. It'd be awesome to have some different uh, uh, some different station types coming in, um, as we mentioned on the show last week. Cool. Other things that were exciting on the, the stream, Zach Antonacci eating disgusting snacks for every incorrect pop quiz answer he gave. Um, that was things like mealworms. Uh, I can't remember who was with him at the time, but... Uh, uh, whoever was the devil that was with him at the time had to eat a locust on the stream, oh, which oh. which was bad, really bad. Um, Have they been watching too much I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here? Well, you know, 24 hours, that's a lot of time to fill, let's be honest. Yeah, I suppose. Um, and you're going to have some send them a big bowl of what's it? Yeah, and you're going to have some lows. I would classify that as a low for all parties involved. Uh, probably one of the high points was um, was Ed's dad doing a pub quiz, <laughs> which went down exceptionally well uh, on the stream. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was phenomenal. It was a great effort by everybody at oh, uh, Frontier Developments. I missed the the live band playing the the music. I can't remember what they called the band, and, I, and unfortunately, I was watching on the Kindle and. 
it just stopped working properly then and by the time I managed to get it going about an hour passed and it was just oh, you know, you're furious at that point and you just don't watch anything but I did catch the late night gingerbread house making <laughs> competition which involved a couple of rage quits and um, some hilarity I'm sorry, rage quits yeah, see, when the gingerbread flies, <laughs> uh, I can't remember who it was now because you had Zach, Ed, Bo, and someone else, and I can't remember his name. I think it was Tony, and he was getting right ratty with the little sweets that wouldn't stick on the bloody side of his gingerbread train. Um, and they, there was a couple of them launched across the studio. So yeah, it was oh, it was a fantastic stream, and I loved that. I thought the Hunter Games was spectacular. Um, although it can get a bit disconnected, uh, but yeah, what, what, I didn't see any of the Planet Coaster stream at all. No, I missed I missed the Planet Coaster stream, but uh, I'm hoping to catch up on some of it uh, over the next few days. I'm going to dip in and dip out of it just uh, to heighten my enjoyment of that and getting ready for that. Um, anything else from the uh, the charity live stream that people want to pick up on? As I say, it was a phenomenal effort from everybody involved and raised a, a fantastic amount of money. Uh, it was £46,450, which, yeah, it's just an amazing amount of money for special effects. And uh, Boz, who's uh, yeah, the guy from special effects, was on the stream a number of times talking about the work they do. And it is absolutely amazing what those guys over at special effects do. So uh, well done for everybody who took part. Well done for everybody that donated. I hope to see lots of special effect uh, skins on people's sidewinders over the next coming uh, weeks and months. Um Cool. Newsletter 155, just to quickly nip through that stuff that uh, was mentioned in the last newsletter for those people that haven't read it. Obviously, we talked about the combat balancing that's going on in uh, 2.2.03. There's also been power play adjustments and some changes to engineers as well, uh, balancing tweaks to promote greater variety in recipe use and smooth over a few problems as far as engineers are concerned. And in terms of power play, changes to how the AI react to players in power play and discussing, uh, discussing potential mechanical improvements, um, which I have to say, I don't think anybody in the stream is really up to date with, are they? No. No. Okay. So they're there in the newsletter, guys. If you have got an interest in power play or if you have got an interest in engineers, then head over to the newsletter and click through on the, uh, on the links. Cool. A couple of things just to shout out in Community Corners and, uh, and shout out um, before we wrap up the show. Uh, the first thing is a bit of sad news, actually, in the uh, community corner, and that is, uh, I'm going to get this completely wrong, Eculu3D, E-U-C-L-3-D. The guys, basically, who do the official Elite Dangerous models, uh, 3D printed models, they have shut down. Um, unfortunately, they have uh, they have gone out of business for one reason or another. So if you had your heart set on spending your Christmas money on a official 3D painted ship from Elite Dangerous. It doesn't look like that's going to be possible. I don't know if you guys have uh, read into that story and found out exactly what's gone on. All I know is that it's uh, it's closed down. Yeah, it turned out, well, their entire business model was based on, um, if, if you want a model of a character within a game, get we you provide the model, we'll, we'll print it out for you. Um, it didn't take off the way they wanted to, and it turned out 3D printing these models actually turned out to be a lot more expensive than they thought. Right. Um, I mean, from I know from my own experience trying to get these uh, miniatures prototypes pulled together, um, it is 
you know, it, it's quite expensive to come up with something that has that level of detail. So I don't know what the failure rate was to produce one anaconda or um, or something like that. But, um, yeah, um, I did think that actually for that price it was... Um, <clears throat> they were going to be difficult to come up with prices that cheap, to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah, as I say, if you uh, if you had any aspirations on getting one of those, uh, you're going to have to look elsewhere, unfortunately. So, um, other things to shout out quickly in Community Corner. There has, I, I love it when the elite dangerous community does things like this. There was a challenge set down to try and get out to uh, Colonia without using a fuel scoop, uh, just obviously building up your ship with lots of uh, fuel tanks and using the most economical route uh, possible in order to get there. Well, I can say it has been done. Um, it? Oh. <laughs> it has been done. It has been done by a commander, Ali T. Nil. Oh, I'm going to get that wrong. Um, hold on. Let me just pick up, pick up the story. Not a lit nil. A lit nil. Yeah, a lit nil. It's a hitchhiker's reference. Oh, okay, a lit nil. It's Lintilla backwards. <laughs> of course, ah. yes. <laughs> so um, you put the cloning, cloning machine on reverse. <laughs> a lit nil. Uh, well done, a lit nil. Sorry for butchering your name. Uh, so a lit nil has done it and posted um, proof on the forum. So uh, he did it in 5,489 jumps. And he has 113.1 tons of fuel left out of a starting capacity of 496 which is just bonkers i mean i have no idea it doesn't say here how long it took him to do 5489 jumps um but that's just barking mad there should be special achievements or awards given out by frontier for people that go above and beyond when it comes to things like this so yeah <laughs> A lit nil, congratulations, you are absolutely raving, um, but a fantastic effort nonetheless. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just hypnotised by the space burger. Yeah, so Grant, all these different avatars you've got for yourself, <laughs> the uh, the Twitch stream, we've obviously had Donald Trump, we've had a, a very seductive reindeer, we've had some cats, and now we've got a beef burger with french fries for eyebrows and onions as eyes. It's... We, we don't even know if, if Grant's got the 2D hentai plug-in yet. <laughs> Look into my onion rings. Look into my <laughs> onion rings. <laughs> oh. it's, the, it's the cheese that makes people feel a bit queasy as it sort of squirts about when I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, that is... Uh... That is full of gross. For those people that are just listening to the audio podcast, obviously watch the uh, what's the Twitch recording back on. Uh, well, on I think the... we should. I think we should make the burger oh. the uh, little icon art for this uh, episode. Yeah, because that's very festive, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Right. Okay. Um, have you guys got anything else that we've missed for this particular episode, or uh, anything else that you want to cover off before we uh, we head off? Are we all I, I was I, I was going to give a shout out to a commander that I met last night at, uh, in the Empire Systems, but unfortunately I forgot his name, <laughs> so I apologise. You'll know who you are. I do apologise. Hello again. <laughs> and what were you doing in the Empire System with this said uh, commander? Uh, basically, he was in a corvette, and I was running away from him. Don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay, fair enough. So, random commander that you met somewhere in the game. Yes. But he'll know who he is. Exactly. Okay, fine. Uh, Grant, anything else you want to cover off? No, just while we're doing the the last Drabble show of the year on Friday. Uh, We had a massive turnout last week, actually, quite surprising. Um, You know, you might not believe this, but 50 viewers for most of the show. Uh, so that means they didn't just turn up and go, what's this? Oh my God, and then leave. They actually watched. Um, and of course, we had 22 Drabble entries. This week, the topic is the unexpected gift. So we're uh, hoping to get another pile of entries in for Friday. And yeah, join us 7pm from uh, twitch.tv forward slash psychogow. And... Uh, Join us for what is always the biggest pile of ridiculousness that you experience. <laughs> uh, just, just for fun, you know. It's a bit, you know, not safe for work. I don't think it's safe for human consumption, to be honest. <laughs> like this burger that's on the Twitch stream at the moment. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like this burger. Um, but yeah, that's where we. Uh, I've been playing with the the face face rig was on that stream, but. Um, it just seemed to be an idea because we don't normally have a camera feed for um, live radio shows. So I thought, ah. We'll get the face rig to show um, Fozza. And it is, it's, a, it's a great piece of software. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and there is, you know, there's such a, a good selection of downloadable content. Uh, the dragons are a bit weird and the, the dogs are a bit funny. Uh, oh, there we go. Let's change it now. Something more festive again. Oh dear, there's a small child in my mouth. Oh, behave. There is! Look! Uh... <laughs> Right. Okay. Let's just draw a discreet veil over that and crash on. So, um, uh, one final shout out for me, and that is, um, I appreciate that every year's probably all charitied out after the Frontier's amazing twenty-four uh, hour live stream. But uh, as this is most likely the last show uh, before the new year, I just wanted to grab the opportunity to let people know about a challenge that I'm doing in January, which I would love some support for. Uh, so you may have heard of it. It's the Red Challenge, which stands for Run Every Day. It's in aid of uh, Mind, which is a charity that supports mental illness in all of its forms, be that anxiety and panic attacks, personality disorders, anger, depression, PTSD, phobia, self-harm, eating disorder, bipolar disorder, uh, to name but a few. But mental illness in all of its forms is a clinical illness and still has quite a stigma attached to it. So having had issues myself after the FR second child i know how debilitating and isolating dealing with mental illness can be so by doing the campaign i am hoping to raise some money so that mind are able to continue to provide support to raise awareness on a national level and also support people um, at a local level as well so the plan is to run every day in january uh, for between half an hour 40 minutes now obviously i'm an 18 stone x front row forward in rugby this is not something at all that i am looking forward to so the distances covered will be varied uh, but i promise to be out every single day and will document an update as i go starting on january the first what a great day that's going to be um so if you if you want to help out either with cash or just by providing some moral support uh, then you can head over to my just giving page which is justgiving.com forward slash red Fozza, or one word, R-E-D-F-O-Z-Z-A, or donate using your phone by texting Fozza, which is F-O-Z-A-69, followed by five or ten pounds to 770-70. 70, 70, 70. 
As I say, I'm really dreading this, so any cash or moral support I get before the 1st of January uh, will absolutely spur me on. So thank you in advance. And I think that's going to be it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you would like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, Facebook forward slash Lave Radio, at Lave Radio on Twitter, or you can join our Discord chat channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash Lave Radio. Our TeamSpeak server is teamspeak.laveradio.com. And of course, we record the show live on a Tuesday evening around about 8.30 in the evening and stream out on laveradio.com forward slash live and also on twitch.tv forward slash laveradio. Thanks for all those commanders that have come and joined us actually in the Twitch stream and the IRC chat channel. Thank you very much to Grant, to Chris and to Colin. Until next time, fly safe, have a Merry Christmas and we'll see you next year. Galnet News will be following this outro music shortly. News Review of the Year 3302. We recall the year so you don't have to. Part 1 January to June. January. The year starts with UA bombing at Obsidian Orbital. The new station is a prime target for commanders collecting the new unidentified artefacts and selling them on the black market for a healthy profit. The link to the shutdown of station services is discovered by accident. The search for barnacles in the Pleiades sector reaches fever pitch after the leak of a few frames of video and some cryptic messages. When the first barnacles are found in Marope, a new material, meta-alloys with magical healing properties, is discovered along with them. This material brings Obsidian Orbital back to life. The wreck of the cruise liner Antares is discovered, lost 50 years ago, 
It appears that a cascade failure of the ship's power plant and the hyperdrive's containment systems triggered a massive explosion within the drive. There are no organic remains. But the 50-year-old mystery is resolved. Sirius Corporation investigates the causes. President Zachary Hudson is inspired by the discovery of the Antares to search for the wreck of Starship One, the federal presidential ship which disappeared a year ago, carrying then-president Jasmina Halsey. A faction called Emperor's Dawn attempts insurrection within the Empire. With limited support, the uprising is swiftly put down. A commander travels from Sol to Sagittarius A-Star in less than eight hours. The galaxy is shown to be a small place after all. February. Senator Denton Petraeus is promoted to Admiral after the successful rout of Emperor's Dawn. Professor Palin, researcher into unidentified artifacts and meta-alloys, sets off for a new base on Maya B1BA but his ship goes missing without trace. Large quantities of meta-alloys are now being sold on the black market at Obsidian Orbital to what are believed to be front companies for a big conglomerate. Ashling Duval launches a campaign to free imperial slaves, calling slavery anachronistic. The remains of Starship One are discovered, and the cause of failure is linked to a catastrophic failure of the power systems in a manner strikingly similar to the Antares disaster. President Hudson announces that the sister ship of the lost Starship One, a modified Beluga liner, will be replaced with a pair of more reliable Farragut battlecruisers. Many escape pods are found at the wreck site of Starship One, including the injured but intact President Jasmina Halsey. March. There's turmoil in the Federation, where there's confusion about whether Jasmina Halsey should be reinstated as president. Plans are made to revive her from stasis. Professor Palin is found in an escape pod. He claims he was held for days and interrogated about his research into unknown artefacts. The identity of the abductor remains unknown. Within a week, though, Palin is back at work and announces that meta-alloys can indeed counteract the effects of unknown artefacts and appeals for meta-alloys to begin building UA-resistant cargo holds. The Distant Worlds expedition reaches Beagle Point. And Lave Radio appeals for blood crystals to upgrade its broadcast systems so that its broadcasts can start on time. April Professor Palin announces his retirement from active research amid concerns that his UA-resistant cargo holds could be used for smuggling. The federal hand-in-the-head campaign to remove onion head from federal territories flops. A campaign is started to bring back the Bourbon to Epsilon Indy in the wake of a federal crackdown. The Fuel Rats announce their 10,000th rescue. The recently revived Jasmina Halsey makes a series of 
apparently incoherent statements about her experiences after the destruction of Starship One, and appeals for exploration data to find the true architects of creation. And Queen Jezza claims sovereignty of Sagittarius A-star. May Jax announces plans to take his station on a massive cross-galaxy jump to Beagle Point. He appeals for fuel, but his station is also sabotaged by UA bombing, and shortly after departure, the station goes missing. Ex-President Halsey undergoes psychiatric evaluation. Thoughts of reinstating her as president are quietly forgotten. And the evil Don Antonacci summons pirates to a battle royale against the Hutton truckers in the weird system. June. The wildcard playoff for the dangerous game begins. The EG pilots storm all three stages to become one of six factions competing to become a galactic power. Farragut battlecruisers are seen patrolling Marope. The Federation denies any aggressive intent, despite allegations of unprovoked attacks on cannon interstellar vessels. A fuel rat is destroyed in a cowardly ambush by a python, who claims to be collecting a bounty on the rat. A garbled message is received from Jacques Station, indicating that the station is intact. A search of systems near Beagle Point proves fruitless, but within two weeks Commander Cly has located the station about halfway to its destination and not far from the galactic core. Jack describes the failure of his systems in which space and the agonising decision to drop to normal space to avoid the station being destroyed. A relief effort to take meta-alloys to the station gets underway. And the rise to power begins, with six factions competing. You can hear the second part of the Galnet News Review of the Year 3302 on Hutton Orbital Radio on Thursday night at 20.30 Galactic Standard Time. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to.